here we go. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, Rob Cantrell. I have an exciting episode, an international episode, a caffeinated episode, a sun-soaked episode. We're coming live from Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. A real comedian, uh, a veteran in stand-up comedy, one of the pioneers of stand-up comedy in Brazil. I don't know, I, I'm, I'm getting a little of this from the internet in our brief conversation before this, but please give it up, Pierre Rosa. Pierre Rosa. Yeah, here I am. Yeah, I can hear the crowd clapping. Thank you. Hey, oh, read. Oh, big Jesus, him? big Jesus. Is big <laughs> Jesus there? Is that where big Jesus is? Yeah, it is, it is. Awesome. It is the cute statue on the mountain. That, it is here in Rio. Hey, nice to, nice to be here and nice to have you on my show as well. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show, Eric, yeah. uh, Pierre. So we're doing a little bit of a switch podcast here. And, uh, and I hope to answer any American questions about stand-up comedy or we're going to talk a little bit about the art of stand-up comedy, but also talk about cannab life, cannabis, coffee, music, vibes, the works. Awesome. Awesome. I cannot talk about cannabis like, I think like you, but I understand, I understand a little bit uh, something uh, about it, but let's do it. I, I love coffee. I'm having yeah, coffee you do right that. Uh, we could talk. We could talk coffee, and I do know the Rio. I do know Brazil's history with marijuana a little bit. I saw a documentary on it, so I do know it's not super legal there. But coffee, you guys are the like number three importer of coffee around the world. Yeah, and so you're on. And I just saw like a top of just like coffee snobs. Like you guys are number two like in terms of coffee beans like your coffee beans are rocking right now yeah i i know i know that and that's that's true but the our best coffee beans they say here in the in the in the media they they send away for the they export right our best beans but here man we have so many kind of coffees here and people they really understand about coffee they can feel the difference. For me, well, well, you know, it's coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, so coffee is just like one of those things. The same thing with beer or pot or yeah. even food. Like you can take it. You can take it a couple different levels. But you're saying you're just a basic coffee drinker. But the basic regular Brazilian coffee is great. Yeah, and like what you just have like one cup a day. Do you make your own or you got a coffee spot? I wish I, were, I have one cup a day. I have like a liter. Like, yeah, me too. I, I do a, a no a liter at least a liter a day. I, a liter it's something like it's a lot. I don't know how in, in your measure. What is it? It's like a gallon. It, liter is no, like, no. It's like a gallon is three liters. So oh, yeah. stuff like this. A liter is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I made some Brazilian iced coffee. I made this cold brew. Oh, uh, that's that's it's American stuff here for us. We don't drink. We don't have a, like uh, iced coffee. You guys haven't jumped on the iced coffee. I know it's a little bit. In New York was the first time I saw it. I know it's been around forever, but just yeah. like 2002, iced coffee just hit the streets of Brooklyn. I don't know why, but people just started drinking. I started tasting it and I loved it. I think I was just at the age where I was drinking early. So booze was just not good for me, especially doing stand-up. Yeah. Um, night after night, as you know, you get paid in free drinks. I like free drinks and all that, but uh, I just decided not to, you know, not to drink and just kind of smoke herb. And, and, and that's how I kind of pursued it. But, and, I, and coffee and pot kind of go together. And, uh, but I just wanted to show you, and, and I got Brazilian beans. This is Brazilian coffee. Yeah. They, I don't know. This is, must be an American company. It's called Partners. This is some hipster bullshit that just came out. This is a new, but it's a pretty good bag. But uh, this, is, was, this was in the region of Carmo de Mons, Minas Grasas. Do you know where that is? No. Okay. Do you know the producer was Luis Pablo Piera, do you know him? Piera, no. 
But I think it's, you call, you're saying something like, uh, I stayed here, Minas Gerais. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. A, it's a cute state here for coffee. Uh, once I went there in a small city in Minas Gerais in the, to do some shows, and I got, I got it as a gift for a guy. Uh, he had like a special bean that he sells to the world, and he wants me to, to taste it. And I have to, you know, when you have to taste and say something for people, just don't for don't be a dick. You know, I was yes. like, yeah, that's perfect. It's a, mm, this, the, the best coffee I have in my life. But it wasn't. It was like, for me, it was like, oh, okay, like a regular coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I know coffee is kind of like that. But uh, as I said, I can get kind of snobby with it. But I do, I do know, and especially if he hit you up after a stand-up show, I wouldn't be into a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, so he wanted to try you after that. So let's talk a little bit about stand-up. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you are in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2001, was, yeah, yeah, 2001, in August of 2001, I got there in New York. I was, yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I had to go to hello, Rochester, upstate New York. Rochester, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I got to know stand-up comedy when I was living there, like uh, in, Ro in Rochester was, and it was a, a serious time because was, you got a September 11th, I was mm -hmm. there. So, and I met stand-up, I went to Rochester to a theater course and I started doing some theater, some, some acting. Mm -hmm. And the guys there, the, the director told me, man, you gotta do stand-up. And I said, what, what is that? I never heard about it. So I got to know stand-up comedy with Jerry Seinfeld. You know, uh, of course, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. With Jerry Seinfeld, stuff like this. Since then, I'm all, all up and all, all in, in. all in in stand-up comedy. Yeah, you got the bug in New York. No, New York is the mecca, I would say. Not the, yeah. I mean, any, you could do it anywhere, but... And that's the, that's the depressing part of COVID right now, that all the clubs are closed down. Like, I, I did my last show March 7th, and I haven't, I haven't been out. Like, nobody. There's some, like, outdoor show, but the COVID's flaring back up. I've just been laying low. Yeah. But uh, 2001, yeah, I totally remember that time. I started doing stand-up in 1999. I started in San Francisco, but I did some time in New York early on and I only lasted like a few months and then I moved back to California and then I moved back to New York and it, it, yeah it's just a it's a great scene here yeah uh, yeah I see I see on movies and on Netflix you got a uh, and Amazon you got some series some TV shows about stand-up comedy things like this that's one's one of the things I want to talk to you about it about about this this TV shows that shows stand-up comedy as a easy easy thing to do you know like everybody can do it it's you can be famous very fast that's that's one of, one of the things i want to talk to you about it yeah for sure man uh yeah i you know stand up is a very hard thing but at the same time it's a very natural thing yeah. you know uh there's a there was a great comic i want to quote his joke but I, I forget what his name was, but he was describing stand-up comedy and it was like, stand-up comedy is really fun. It's like riding a bike, but it's really hard to make money from riding a bike. Yeah. <laughs> but you can do it, but to make money from it, it's a, it gets a little bit trickier. Yeah. Because uh, here, uh, my, uh, one of the things here with stand-up, here in Brazil that it's getting bigger, like for the last 10 years, 10, 12 years. I'm sure yes. with Netflix and all that expanding, all these art, do you guys have Netflix in Brazil? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So you, do you get comedy specials, all the Bill Burr specials and yeah. all the Chappelle, Chappelle specials? We got, we got the America here for Netflix. We get, we have like uh, the Americans, uh, comedians, right? And, uh, and we have a, now we, we got our own comedians here on huge specials uh, on Netflix as well. Yeah. And uh, well, Netflix is the, I think after uh, YouTube is the biggest platform 
where you can find stand-up. It's a lot of stand-up shows there. Yeah, totally. They totally invest in stand-up. And it's yeah. uh, like 10 years ago, it was all about Comedy Central for comedians. And right now in the States, it's all about trying to get on Netflix. But everything's media and technology and even life in itself is changing so fast. And yeah. everything's kind of opening up. So, you know, with the internet and your platform and YouTube, I mean, you can get your stuff out there. You know, some of the top comics right now are releasing full-on specials on YouTube. Yeah, he resists the same. But one of one of the things, um, one of the things I think uh, it's, it's not like nice about all this technology, all the all this thing that you can put it put your your show on YouTube or whatever is people that is starting start in the business. They already want to put uh, their videos and doing a lot of material and uh, they don't test material and they want to get famous very fast. And they, I say like, whoa, hang on, man. Give time for yourself you know, to, to learn comedy at least. So that's crazy. I think about this, the whole, the whole scene of video streamings for stand-up. But I do think it's like uh, content is changing right now and it is scary but i talked to a lot of friends and you were starting con comedy before instagram before twitter same same and I, I didn't even think about the internet i thought about stage time i thought about notebooks yeah. jokes i thought about killing i thought about bombing you know and now it's a lot of social influencers and stuff like that but the thing is is there's so much mediocrity there's so much mediocrity right now if you get up above, just a couple levels above the mediocre, it's gonna go because they're just it's gonna look amazing. So that's what I just try to stay positive and just like because it does get overwhelming, like all of a sudden, like everybody has a phone. Like, you know, like anybody can open up their phone and be like, yo, I'm doing this right now, you know? Yeah. I'm doing a comedy special right now. How's it going? I'm going live on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody, your grandmother, your cousin, you know, dogs, everybody can do that right now. So there's just a sea of mediocre. But if you, I think if you just strive a little bit higher, um, yeah, got, it's going to go great. You, you have improved yourself to do that, right? You got to learn. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta are, learn. You gotta you just to, yeah. You gotta do the real work. Yeah, the real. I have here in Brazil uh, um, a comedian for like for for the seventies. The guy mm -hmm. he has the, he's saying he says that uh, stand up comedy is the most. Um, now I, I got lost in the translation because I have his his thing on my mind in Portuguese. But yes. is the is the is the kind of comedy the comedy that everybody can do it. I mean, it's open for, if you have a talent, you open to stand up, you know, you just have to go there and do your jokes. Different as uh, if, you, if you are a clown or if you are an actor, you need more. Or a filmmaker, yeah, it costs yeah. a lot of making. Like, yeah. like filmmaking is one of the most expensive art forms ever. I yeah. remember I tried to be a, I tried to take film classes in college and it was like, you didn't have to buy textbooks. This is back when you had to buy like film and like yeah. real, and it was like expensive as shit. I just dropped out. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm doing English. I just have to buy a notebook doing that. Yeah. But uh, it's the same thing. That's what's so dope about stand-up comedy. And that's what's so exciting to have international people jumping on. I mean, stand-up comedy is like, you could say you're the best or whatever, but it's like, it's really that, it's, it's that moment, you know, whoever's doing it, you know, it's whoever's doing it. It's, it's whoever's really doing it is really doing it. Yeah. yeah. Comedy doesn't take any money to do like, you could be a poor kid. You could be whatever and just show up at the open mics and work your way through and figure it out. And, you know, it's very empowering. It, it'll teach you a lot about being a man and, and teach you a lot about being a creative person. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take any money. You don't have to be, the super talented art school or go into a super theater school. It's like, or spend yo, money with costumes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. costumes. Now you started as a professional clown and I know this is like, you know, a real art form, one of the most oldest art forms. And there's like clown colleges. Did you, you were like a theater person in Brazil. No, and then I, you went to clown college. No, actually started no. like, uh, it was, it just happened. I mean, okay. uh, I was studying hotel management 
back in 94 to 96. So when I got in the, co in the, in the school, I thought, I don't want to do that because I, 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 uh, I would have to wear a suit all the time and be, you know, be, be work in the off scene. I never won that. So yeah. inside the hotels, I discovered the, there was the leisure, they call the leisure sector. You know, where the, the recreation team, people that, mm -hmm. you know, that make fun with all this. And I got some hotels here in Brazil. And then I found myself, I found myself, oh, I have to do that. Because you go to the pool, you do some jokes for people in the pool. You go, you go they have huge feeders here, like huge feeders. So we perform all night and I started doing my clowning and again, bigger, bigger, bigger. I, in 2009, I worked for- um, But would you call that stand-up or you or it wasn't until you went to New York you learned what stand-up was? Was this before New York or after New York? That was before. That yeah, that's what I thought. Like your story is very interesting to me because you kind of organically fell into it. So you were working in hotels and then you were doing all the uh, recreation. Yeah, I know that dude that comes out and goes, hey, everybody put on your swimsuit. We're going to go out here and you yeah, some that, jokes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that, during, all but the that, tourists come in and it's a whole audience every again, that, every again. It's audience. But that, that is during the day where you put your suit and do all uh, the, the dance and stuff like this because during the night, uh, here we have like some, at, at 10 p.m. you got shows, so you have to entertain the people. So in this time, I was the clown. I was the guy to pick up to do the, the comedy part because it was, you got the dancing and the comedy. I used to work for, for a company called Club Mad. Have you heard Club, Club yeah, Mad? Yeah, Club Mad, of course. Everybody knows Club Mad. Yeah, four yeah, years. That's a good gig. Yeah, four years working there. Uh, I was the clown of the whole the whole hotel, you know. So that was a huge. That there was the place that I learned most, you know. Like I learned a lot yeah. in there. So I was telling you in 2009 I worked for Royal Caribbean, and the, uh, in a cruise line, I start with the team to do the, the dance, all the uh, activities, and I find myself. I find myself. Uh, a way to get in the in the theater on the stage, so I got my own show in the in the in the ship. It was in the cruise there. ship. So you started working some cruise ships. Yeah, but was, then they kind yeah. of knew you were like the a ship clown, and then they gave you a little theater. To yeah, perform. I started with pre-shows with ten minutes, and after pre-shows, oh, you can have a whole show. So I got forty-five minutes. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, that's great training. And then you found yourself in New York. And then did you go back to Brazil? Where's, was there a stand-up scene no, in Brazil? Not at all. you the not, original dude? Not at all, not at all. Not at all? It, not at all. When I come back here in Brazil, and I think the whole world, the stand-up uh, grew like fast because of the YouTube. Yeah, because of YouTube. Yeah, it was. And here, shows like Last Comic Standing and all this stuff started yeah. happening. Chappelle Show. You know, there was a boom because I started in 99 and in the U.S., the 90s, I grew up in the 80s. So stand up was huge. Eddie Murphy. I saw, you know, some of the best comics growing up. My dad loved stand up comedy, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. Uh, so I was in love with it. But it, during the 90s, during my like teenage years, stand up went down and I started like in 99. And it was barely going. There were still clubs and people left over from the and then from 99 to 2003, it started going up. And then 2003 to 2005, it just started going crazy and, go, and going huge. In Brazil was like after the, after the YouTube, because when I, came, when I came back to Brazil after the US, so I went back to the, and for the hotels, doing the clown, uh, but also doing some stand-up. But I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about the joke structures. And it was just like, I was just talking, talking, trying to make people laugh without any technique. But sometimes works, sometimes not. No, that's the best way to learn. You know, I definitely, I didn't study that much into saying, I got a book on it. I watched it. I knew I was funny. I knew I was a goofball. I knew I wanted to do it. And uh, yeah, I mean, as much as you teach and you could do it, the you know, the best is just 
the more you do it, the better you get at it. Oh, yeah, so you that's, just, you, that's just, it, it's just practice. It's practice, practice. It's always practice. I'm still yeah, practicing. That's, that's for sure. That's, that, that's for sure. You have, you have to practice. And, and uh, whether it's writing in your notebook, like I fell off, it's just like I'm meditating now and I'm starting to meditate and I'm getting it. And then I'll slide off for a couple of weeks and I, for, you know, it's the same thing with like writing in your notebook every morning. Like you gotta, you know, I'm just trying, it's better to like give yourself maybe 25 minutes to write in the morning. I'm trying to do that, just free write. And then I'm usually like kind of just writing in my notebook jokes that I pick up along and then I do stuff on the stage. It's kind of my process. I know you're do trying to put together a little class, yeah. but uh, I was just but trying it, to say it, that doing a journal is a good, is a yeah. good thing. Well, actually, was before I was like set up this the, the meeting here. I got I got a new idea. So you write out the the ideas right on the on the paper, but yeah. I, I think this thing uh, this this routine, the the way you have your creativity, it works different for for each one, right? Because everybody, everybody, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's like time and space. Like lately I've been trying to like empty my mind and not try to force it and just do it. And kind of just the situations mold us, even as people, even as countries, like time and space molds you who you are. And the same with your material, you just gotta do it. And then over time, you'll get some laughs over here and then you start, you know, yeah, but that, it all up. That, that, I call that experience. You know, to get in this point, where you just well, let's see what's happened. Let let me let ex, uh, let's see what's, what's going on. That experience in the beginning, you you gotta go. You gotta sit down and write and try at least for yes. if you want if you want to start like uh, if you wanna make a, a fast and good and right start. I think you gotta sit down and write and. Don't be lazy, right? That's the word, right? Don't be yeah, lazy. Yeah, that's the word. I mean, I think you still got to do it. I still, I still think comedy, and comedy is one of the hardest things. You, it looks easy. It's like any of the cool shit, you know? You look at somebody doing yeah, skiing, I, or, or you watch Michael Jordan's documentary. You're like, yeah. oh, I, could, I could practice and do that shit. But it's like, you got to really, you got to do all the fundamentals. So the fundamentals are sitting down and writing right. every morning. The yeah. fundamentals is you know, working on trying to be unique and trying to steer away from topics that's already been done and also be yourself. And that's like the hardest, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot to it. A question for you. I have, yes. one of the things I have here uh, experienced for myself is um, for new comedians, when I, when I see, when I watch new comedians, I can't, I can't see, that the guy is funny or the girl I, I can see it's funny because people are laughing but for me i was i'm not connecting with this with the with that comedy with that subject and when i watch and i see old uh, old comedians like people talking about stuff like um i don't know old comedians like guys older than me or in the same age of me so I got so I got interested, and I think I love more things like this. Did that happen to you too? In what sense? Yeah, I'm just. I mean, trying to, uh, I, you're, you're um, we're talking we were talking about cannabis, right? In the beginning. Yes. So yes, I cannabis. Yeah, We have a lot of comedians here talking about marijuana. They do jokes about marijuana, but as they are younger, uh very young, I know about that subject, and I know that he's gonna change his mind during his process of living. So I was like, man, you gotta I know, I know. Uh, I'm gonna fire up some marijuana right now as I discuss <laughs> this with you. But yeah, when I started, I knew it was kind of a hacky subject. But, I do think it's important for the planet and I do think it's important for it to be legal. And it's something I do. I remember talking to somebody and I, I was the same way. Every comic that went up would do jerk off material. Talk about beating off, masturbating. Every, it was either masturbating or pot. They were every, yeah. would, 
million jokes, million jokes. You've heard every one, you've heard every term, but when you're 23, that's pretty much what you're doing. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> you know, that's so you're, gonna be, you're gonna end up, so yes, you do have to evolve. And I would say, yeah, my last album, you know, was mostly stories about life and mostly stories and also surreal and weird. But for me, it's like uh, cannabis can be hacky. You know, it's, a, it's just like anything. It can be overplayed, but I also, for me, it's something I use as, I mean, I'm almost 50 and I'm still going strong. And I think it keeps me calm and I think it keeps me young and I think it keeps me healthy um, because if I wasn't smoking pot, I'd be, uh, the ego would be a little bit more intense and the, uh, and just alcohol and cigarettes. So that's what, uh, that could be a cop out, but uh, that's just how I see it. That's just how I roll. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I always smoke marijuana, uh, but one of my funniest beats like a seven minutes bit. It's about marijuana. The, my whole life about uh, living with people around that they use uh, marijuana. And that was I love to do that to do that jokes. And um, well, tell me tell me something. It's about just it. a human thing, you know. I do uh, think it's a part of human civilization. It's just like the thing about even crossing cultures. Something on the road with stand-up comedy. Sex is something that, that's why people talk about it so much. It crosses all classes, all cultures, all every, because everybody has it. The same thing with fart jokes. Yeah. Talking about defecation, doo-doo, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, because it's universal. So yeah. it's, you know, so if you go too in your wheelhouse, you know, sometimes you got to go broad. And that is something about getting older is nice. You do have more experience and you can talk about family, I'm married, I got a kid, I could talk about that on stage. But yeah. at the same time, I'm still smoking. <laughs> yeah. And, um, tell me something now. Uh, one of the things here I was, we were talking before it started is for me, for Brazilians here, we are like in this business for stand up here 15 years. Since 2006, uh, five stand up started here. And as I was saying to you before, uh, for the beginners here, the people that are starting in comedy, they think, I don't know if all of them, but the people that are, I was talking, they are saying that, oh, in the United States to be a comedian, it's very easy. Everybody can do comedy there because you got more, more places to go. So it's a easy, it's a easy place to build a career as a comedian in the US. Is that true? I mean, I haven't lived in Brazil, so I can't yeah, really yeah. say. I can't, but I did. It is, uh, no, I mean, no, it's it hard. Is, it's it hard. It's New York is just a, in New York and LA, and I've, I've worked in San Francisco and I started in DC, which are like secondary cities, smaller cities. So I knew the scenes, I knew the bookers, I knew the comedians, I know who's good, I know who's bad. But when you start messing with like New York and LA, it's just, there's just so much salmon swimming up that river. There's only one or two that can jump over and it all kind of bottles neck. So you have to, even just to get on a regular show, you have to be good. Like everybody's good. But even to make real money to break through, you gotta be fucking great. You gotta be amazing and do a couple different other things. Like, so it, it's hard. It's hard no matter where you are. I mean, uh, the, what was it, the, top, the famous quote um, from the guy who, uh, famous quote, dying is easy, comedy's hard. Uh, I heard, you know, I heard just yeah. like, yeah, it's just, it's hard. I mean, it, you can get up there and get some laughs. Yeah, no problem. But if you want to make a living out of it or you want to take it up a couple notches, you got to, you know, you got to really, good, you know, sit down and try to figure it out a little bit. Yeah. One, uh, here for me in Brazil, I, I when I realized that, because here in Brazil, we're like the, the business is still growing, right? It's not that yeah. big. So you cannot make, some people can make their living of it, but others not. So during a time I was trying so hard to make my living of it, that I was living like crap. No crap, but it was, was hard. 
And once I was uh, was writing some articles around the internet because I can, I mean, Portuguese, speaking English, in some other sense, uh, like French, French, uh, because I work in the club mat, so I can. Speak and you know Spanish Greek. if you know Portuguese. Yeah, French. Yeah. So right. I, I read I read something that was very interesting. You can you can be a professional comedian and also has have a day job. And that blew my mind. I was, whoa, of course I can do that. And here, uh, there are a lot of artists, artists in, in general, right? You, we we want to live from our art. Where sometimes, sometimes you gotta re realize that, whoa, you can you can do your art, but you can also find another way of living. And and that's and that's a real thing uh, there in the U.S. for the comedians. Yeah, I've uh, yeah, I had jobs all through my first five years, but I was lucky. I got on TV, and then I didn't have a job for. I got on TV. I was on the very first last comic standing. I was in top ten. I was rep by Barry Katz. I toured with uh, Mitch Hedberg. We did theaters all around the world. Wait uh, up! Wait up! What? You knew Mitch Hedberg? Yeah. Good friends. I did. I did theaters with him. I did like. That's like the theater. Like love... Yeah. Fuck, man. And I knew him in the club level. Uh, he was a huge, very sweet dude. Sweet dude, good dude, comic to the core, joke writer, cool as hell. You know, uh, what happened to him was really sad. Um, he was like the first dude I knew that did heroin. I never, some, it was like, he was, he was so funny and so cool. And then an older comic, I remember I was opening up for him. And he was like, yeah, you know, Mitch does heroin. I was like, what? I don't know anybody that does heroin. Who does? Nobody does that. We, I, I, everybody smokes weed. What is he doing? You know, it's so, but he got, I, I, I don't want to judge in any of that. So it was sad because I did, I was there, you know, I was around when he passed away. I was touring with him a few of those times. I wasn't on that tour, but right before that tour, I was touring with him and it was slowly getting worse. Um, but yeah, he was just, his joke, he was amazing, dude. We did a, I did a whole week with him in Sacramento. We did like seven shows. And then I did theater tours with him and the, this other guy, Stephen Lynch, which was a guitar comic. But uh, yeah, Mitch was the coolest. Well, great. I know somebody that knew, that really knew uh, yeah. that's awesome because he is the I, 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 I can't quote a lot of comedians you know I don't remember the quotes but Mitch Hedberg is the one that I heard so many times because it was before the, the YouTube things like this so I have audios of him I always listen his audio is great yeah the way he built the jokes for me was it's insane I never, I never find, found any other one that make that kind of that kind of work. Yeah, okay. there's another I, comedian. Check out Arj Barker, who's lives in Australia and he's American comedian. But he was around the same time as Mitch, and he also had a really cool out there style of stand up. And I would say Mitch and David Tell and Arj Barker were the guys that I kind of looked up to when I started. Awesome. That's that's great, man. That's great. yeah, man. And um, I, I, okay, I'm sorry for. Oh, but I have had day jobs. Like I have, yeah. I have picked up. I ended up like a couple years ago. I had, I got broke bad, and I and now I got a kid, so shit gets tight. Um, but yeah, I was working. I was doing comedy, but also loading bands into this music venue. My buddy was a manager of a music venue, so I was literally like 38 pulling out speakers and shit with a bad back and all this, and then go running to do the comedy show. But being an artist, but Seinfeld did the same shit. Seinfeld sold watches on the street. Like, you know, you know, you just go, do, you, in life, you just gotta hustle. Sometimes you gotta do some, do, yeah. and I think the world is all about side gigs now with technology. Yeah, and I would say that to uh, Brazilian artists, you know, and like, like what we're having this conversation right now on this technology is fucking amazing. I mean, you know, they yeah. didn't have this 10 years ago. I couldn't have t sat here and done a podcast with a Brazilian, you know, this would have been millions of dollars to do a telecast or something, you know? Sure. So I think, I think the, I think the playing field's going to even out if you just stick to worrying about you. Yeah. That's, uh, 
that, that's I think because cool. the platform's out there. If you come up with some funny shit and edit it right and present it right, you know, I don't know how everybody's doing it, so you got to do it, but it's out there, man. Yeah. And during this pan pandemic stuff, the lockdown, how, um, did you do something on online, something uh, outside, outside of podcast? Like any yeah, but mostly going all in on the pop. I did a Zoom show last night. I did like a show with a bunch of comedians, and I've done a couple others. And then last yeah. week I got invited to do just on this. Yeah, I, I did get asked. I just turned down. They wanted me to go headline in Washington D.C. This venue that that I was one of the original guys to open it, the Arlington Draft House. But it's a really good gig. Like it's a theater. It's you know good money they have an awesome hotel but i had to i mean it was like one of those gigs that you would be like yo i got you know i'm psyched to get this gig like let's rock and roll but the covid flared up and i had to turn it down like they were putting me up in the w hotel which is like the really like high level hotel which they never do they're paying me extra they were paying my travel i agreed to it and then two weeks like the numbers the numbers weren't looking good, like in terms of COVID. Yeah. I was like, I, I canceled the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what about how you feel doing this uh, online comedy? I think stuff is, is changing. I, it helped me motivate to start a Patreon for my, uh, uh, for my podcast. So the Cannabis Coffee Hour, which you're going to be on, I'm going to have the video on Patreon, which is behind a paywall, and then the audio is for free. And it helped me just figure that all out. So it kind of gave me time to like set that whole shop up and concentrate on that and get a cool guest from Brazil. Like yeah. it's kind of bought me time. Like if I'm, if I'm going out and doing spots, when I go hard, I'm doing five or six spots a night. I'm, and then I'm dealing with a wife and kid like, I don't have time to do that type of, like I wasn't having enough time to do all of it. And this kind of brought me back in. I was like, oh, I could set this up, do this up. Yeah. Um, and I just was on a television show in the US called The Last OG. So that was half, that went right on air, like right before. So it was supposed to be like another little bump in my career where I can get some other things going. But uh, the COVID just shut everything down. Yeah. But for the last year and a half, I've been touring with Tracy Morgan, and that's the television show I was on. Yeah, I saw, I saw on the website Tracy Morgan. He got, a, he got a nice, an, um, uh, uh, oh my God, a special on Netflix, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does yeah. have a really good special on Netflix. Sometimes, you know, my, my I have to find words. I, I think, think, come on, where, where is the word for, for other language? Awesome. I know that's what tripped me out about you con uh, contacting me and you know we have a mutual friend and then uh, I was like does this dude speak it? I, I know you got to do both like I find it fascinating that you're so smart that you can do both and you can slip it, in and out you got to in real we have like a, a stand up comedy in English a venue in English right mm -hmm. and all the comedians we got a uh, Indian Canadians uh, British Americans and sometimes I'm the only Brazilian. And we have like a few Brazilians here doing stand-up in, in, in English, right? And I, I'm the worst to speak. I know my vocabulary, all the, I got Brazilians here, they speak English that they, are, they seem like, whoa, how do you learn to talk like this, right? But on the stage, some, I have to translate my jokes. So, I mean, doing. I mean, speaking English, and sometimes you know, come the word in Portuguese. Man, it's a mess. I it's a completed <laughs> mess when I when I do that, and it seems like the people like it to see things like this. Oh, the guy that don't speak English. Let's see him. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people can relate to it, man. Because yeah. uh, the world is a big place, and everybody speaks a couple different languages. You know. Yes. So uh, yeah. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> so you can I can speak five languages if I if, if I drink <laughs> if you drink if you got a buzz on you could yeah, yeah. you can slip into German I have I, yeah I have a friend here he got a a, friend, a French friend that we sometimes we met in the parties and once he came to me he started speaking French with me and I said hey 
hold on, I don't, my French is not that good. And he said, yes, your French is pretty good, Pierre. You just have to drink, you know, <laughs> I have to, uh, I used to work in club med, so we speak French for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been like 12 years, 15 years without speaking French. So I think I forgot, but sometimes it just come, come back. Yeah, yeah, it just slips right in. Yeah. Uh, what is the what was the what's the venue that you saw the uh, American comedian? What was the last American comedian that I might know that you saw in Brazil? Like maybe that came down and did a big tour, or do do they come? No, down? no, no, no. In Brazil, we don't have Americans coming. For, yeah, for tour, we have like uh, we have here in Brazil the biggest uh, the famous comedians here. They have yeah. some comedy clubs, things like this. They try to bring, uh, I heard they tried to bring Jerry Seinfeld once here, mm -hmm. but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But uh, Americans don't come to Brazil like. It's such a far trip, but it, I hear it's one of the I mean, most it's not, it's, not about, it's not about the trip. I think it's more about the, the language, right? Because yeah, the language is going to be a trick. You're gonna you 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 gonna have some like one or two nights of the show, but the language it's it's a problem. Yeah, it's probably uh, is a deterrent. Ten years ago, but as comedy and Netflix and just like the technology of globalization, I think it's a, only bound it's bound to happen because yeah, it's about to happen. Just even the seven last ten years that I've been doing it. You never used to hear comics like touring Europe hardcore, but now like it's kind of a basic plan of like kind of some of the upper level guys like tour the U.S. clubs, tour the U.S. clubs, and then go make some money. And like they have they have their runs now. They have their theaters in Scandinavia, and like these were countries that really weren't as open to stand up. But in the last ten years with Netflix, I think it's just becoming really uh, oh, yeah. just a regular thing. But they, in these countries, they, they learn English since they are child, right? Right. Yeah, here in Brazil, you, you have to go to school if you want to learn English. That's, yes. Or doing, or doing like me, start listening to rock and roll and take out the lyrics. What is this guy saying? That's how... Uh yeah, man. What's the, what's the, uh, I was going to ask, cause Brazil, all countries have their own scene and their own music scene. And Brazil, yeah, has a deep history of music and yeah. surfing. Uh, I know some of the top surfers are from Brazil. And, uh, and what was it? Flamingo, there's a type of uh, music in Brazil. What's Samba. The, there's Samba, but there's, yes. Yeah, 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 Samba, Samba is the Brazilian one. Somebody. That it's kind of acoustic guitar. -y. Acoustic guitar? No. 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 I, I, maybe, I, I may have it. I thought yeah. you were saying flamingo, but that is that is Spanish. That is Spanish. There's another style, but I think it's samba. I think you're right. We, think yeah, samba. we have samba, and samba. You might find some variations on that. That goes like uh, other kind. A timing of the samba. Is that the girl from Anthony? Ah, you, you mean Bossa Nova? Yes, yeah. Bossa Nova. That's what I'm fucking talking about. You got the Bossa Nova, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some that's some Brazilian shit. Yeah, it is. But that that's for us here. That's from seventies. So yeah, that's some old shit. Yeah, but yeah. that's the, that's what the hipsters like that shit, man. We yeah. want some. But yeah, I know the samba. And then the martial arts that's a dance, that always trips me out. I think it's, yeah. yeah. Dude, that shit is heavy. That is, I love that. That's kind of like a mixture of break dancing and martial arts. It's like hip hop, it's everything, man. Yeah. It's all about the drum. Did you ever get into that? Do you know about no, that? No, no, actually, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in, I'm totally in in Muay Thai, you know? I'm, I'm fighting for 15 years. I'm also a, a Muay Thai instructor. So I never, capoeira was never my thing. Because of, because of all this dancing, I, oh, for me it wasn't, never called my attention, but I know it, it is hard. 
it is a, it's a very dangerous martial arts, but they say it's not a martial arts, it's a game. They call it a game here. Yeah, right. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't use it like against an MMA dude. Like if I was in a, I wouldn't be I doing, no, 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 no. But, I, but I'm like, more of hip hop. Like I love break dancing and New York hip hop. Like some, for, for me to check that out, athletic, like just to see the rhythm and the dance and to see it. And then the history of it, isn't it like, it was slaves, like actually, yeah. like there's a crazy, history to it where it was slaves in Brazil and they would they would message each other through dances and then they would somehow do a little dance just for self-protection is am I getting that wrong or yeah, right no, no, or am I that's being right. racist was, no that's right it was like uh for the uh, for the for the white guys don't realize they were training fighting. yeah they were training secretly yeah, 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 yeah. they do the, the moves uh seems like dancing right yeah, it's it from like... it's it, it, uh, capoeira comes from the from the uh, the dudes from Africa. They bring they they brought the guys from the slaves yes. from Africa to Brazil. So they start where he in Brazil got cute. It's a cute. Yeah, got cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see it here. You see it here in the states sometimes. But uh, yeah, all these things are fascinating to me. For but me, even more fascinating that stand up is is hot in Brazil. Now, do you have a room? I did see a video of you and there was like a bicycle. It looked like, you know, any other like coffee shop room oh, in that, New York. Do you have your like local yeah, spot that, that you just run and do your material in? Is yeah, that there? That, yeah, where that the young place, kids. That place, it was my, because um, here in, in Brazil, we work like this. We have some comedy clubs, not a lot. I think in Brazil, the whole Brazil, you might find like 15 the whole Brazil comedy clubs. Uh, you go to theaters, okay, you can perform in theaters, but usually we do groups, and groups, they go to a bar, and in this bar, you have one, one day at the, uh, of the week, one night of the week, and you perform there. And that place with the bicycle in the back was, I call, we call the, this, uh, Porão da Comédia is, uh, forgot the name for Porão. Gymnasium? Yeah, Porão, Porão da Comédia. But it calls, it's uh, the basement, basement yeah. of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, that place, it's unbelievable. I mean, the best place in Brazil there was for comedy because you got to go down and was for like, no more than 50 people. 50 people there is going to be crowded. So, yeah. And the, and the guy in the, the crowd, the people was right in front of you. Just have, you do, you do one step, you are on the stage. So if, if your joke were not that good and if you bump, you, you go to your home to, to cry, you know, because you're so <laughs> close to the people. And That's you, how New York is, man. Yeah. That's how all these rooms are, man. It's literally, I went, there used to be a room that was like a closet. Like it was literally like a closet that was like 17 people. And it was, there was a comedy club and then they had a side comedy club. This is the New York comedy club. One of the oldest been around since the eighties. And the guy that ran it was cheap as hell. Like just ripped people off, but he had this like side room. And I remember I had to do a set in there, but there were all these New York comics and they were destroying because it was like this small fucking space. And they, the, the tourists were literally like on top of you. And uh, I did I have a good set, but it was scary as hell. But yeah, I've, there's also all those shops yeah. that, yeah, if you bomb, you bomb, you go down hard because yeah. they're right on top of you. That place, but unfortunately- but basements are good for comedy. Yeah, but unfortunately, unfortunately we have to, we left the place, you know? uh new 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 directors new uh so we have to leave the place what was yeah, three, almost, things change yeah two years there was awesome awesome one of the things i, I forgot to mention when you, you mentioned like three or four times that comedy it's hard to do it uh do you really think that i mean it's hard to do it to, to do it to do it good to do it really to well do it, yeah to do it, yeah, anybody, like, the first hard part is just getting over your fear, but if you don't, I never was a fearful people person of talking in front of people. I liked yeah. it, I enjoyed it, my dad was good at, like, I got that. And I also like performing in front of class, 
So if you're into that, it's and if you like adrenaline, I think a lot of it is just that's how you get really hooked on it is the adrenaline rush yeah. of it all is that process. And I think it's one of the funnest things in the world. Yeah. I think performing stand-up comedy, there's the three thing, four things that naturally without drugs that I've always was like the next level was riding a motorcycle. And I don't ride a motorcycle, but to ride a motorcycle on an open road where there's no traffic, like that's one of the most freeing feelings in the world. And then surfing is, it's amazing. I, it, just to get on a wave and surf a wave and then snowboarding and then stand up comedies, right? Like just natural highs, just complete natural adrenaline highs. And stand up is stand up is there. Stand up is as fun as riding a motorcycle. It's not as dangerous, but your ego, your emotional ego, if you're not ready for it, like some big people with huge egos, like, you know, it, it'll crush you if you can't, yeah. if your mind's not... If you can't take the hits, get out. Like it doesn't, it, it's not made for you. I think, well, I don't, I don't, ha I never ride a bike, uh, motorcycle on the road. I don't like surf. I try to surf, but uh, I, I live one block from the, from the beach, you know, like uh, I live in Copacabana. It's oh, a wow. place like one block from the beach. I try surf like once, but as I, I used to play volleyball, sand volleyball. So, yeah. I never, I never got an own surf and stand-up comedy. It's a good thing too. For me, I prefer, I really prefer, I try to mix it because I prefer performing as a clown. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I love when I finish my, my gig, my show, and I, I want to be sweating. You know, I want to feel like all, I have all this energy that I have to, to live there on the stage. And the stand-up comedy is not enough for me. So I also try to bring to stand-up comedy. I do some, some performance, you know, like dancing performance. I, I do some magic. I mix it up, all the things, so I can like, when finish my, my show, I, will, I have to be sweating. Just, just to feel the energy, yeah. Yeah, so, man, you're giving it all out. You know, a lot of people don't get to experience that. So it's yeah. like, it's a total blessing to be able to get to a point in life where you're not afraid to let it all out. And not a lot of people get to let it all out. Yeah, when I mean, when I ask you about this, if it is hard to do comedy, because I, I have been heard this uh, a lot for, uh, lately of the, guy, of, the, of the guys I know. But one of the things that call my attention is, you say that it's hard to, to do comedy, but it's the one thing that you pick up to do it. You choose to do it. It's not like, I mean, how hard can you be if you pick, if you chose to do it? It's hard, it's hard to do good. That's, you, you're totally right. To do good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, anybody, yeah. I mean, you can go up there, same thing with music. I can sit there and strum that. Am I great? Am I, you know, am I worthy to play the big rooms? Are you, I mean, it matters how, how good you really want to do it. Yeah. And I always wanted to be with the tops, you know. I, I did get to tour with Tracy. You know, it's taken me a, a while. Yeah, but, but it's been a fun ride. I've had a blast, and you know, and I think it's only beginning. All I got to do is stay healthy, and I think if this COVID shit drops, I'm coming down to Brazil. We're gonna do some big shows. Yeah, awesome. We're gonna you do know, some. We're gonna do some uh, legalize some weed in Brazil shows. Sure. We're gonna get some bossa nova music. We're gonna get the top bossa nova band out there. Yeah. We'll get you doing your clown outfit. I'll put awesome. a clown outfit awesome. on. Let's rock it out, and then I'll bring you up to New York. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take it around the world. You, uh, mentioned, you mentioned music. You know, I, I think all the, for me at least, we're, I am a, a frustrated rock star. You know, I, I spend so much money on, on how to learn how to sing that I used to, I, I, I should be a singer, but I, I'm not, you know. I love music so, so much, but, but, but I'm on, I prefer, I'm kind of rock and roll and heavy metal stuff. So, yeah. man, I already spent so much money. And the older you learn. get, it's harder to listen to thrash metal. No, I know no, you're not probably thrash, into, not thrash. I don't like thrash metal. You're not metal. into Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. That's what I'm re reading. Yeah, no, Metallica, Metallica, it's okay. But Rage Against the Machine is not my, I prefer more European heavy metal. You know, the, the guy that goes save the princess in the castle and it has a, a dragon and the guitar. Oh, Led Zeppelin all day. Yeah, so sort of Iron Maiden as well. Iron Maiden's great. Yeah, you know this this kind of bands that the singers they have to sing in high notes. I love that. Ah, 
Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you took vocal lessons and yeah. you were in like young heavy metal bands when you were young. No, I tried. Well, no. Playing some Judas Priest. Yeah, Judas Priest was my one of the concerts I have in my memory is Judas Priest. You my saw first, Judas Priest? You saw yeah, Rob Halford? Yeah, in Sao Paulo. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Awesome. He probably ripped the place apart. They got great songs. Living after midnight. Yeah. Rocking to the dawn. <laughs> that guy sings a lot. Well, yeah, my that guy, no, no, that you know he's gay, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't no, care, man. I think man, that's so he, funny. Whatever he can do, whatever he do, uh, he can do whatever he is. Just sing as he sings, you know. I, I, I know yeah, he rocks it. He kills yeah, it. Yeah. He, well, the, my first, my first uh, guitar lesson, I got, uh, I got there in, when I was living in, in Rochester. I got mm -hmm. a, a teacher. That I bought, I bought the guitar there. And I also, I still have that guitar. I don't know where, but I still have that guitar. Yeah, I, I use mine to not be on the internet. Because, you know, with the phones, it, it messes our heads. You know, yeah. all the technology and all the tweets and all the social media. I'm like, I just, I got to put electronic things away. And that's why I like to just do this so I'm not connect. You know, I like being connected. I want to utilize it. I don't want it to own me. You know, yeah, and I want to use the technology. I don't want to be the technology. Yeah, that's, for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. You're yeah. right. And yeah. so with music, that's like something I'm like, okay, I'm not thinking about other comedians or politics or any of that. I'm just in my own world. Yeah, you can try to go to some Muay Thai class in uh, school. Yes. Yeah, that's, that helps a lot. <laughs> Oh, Mai Tai? Mai Tai, yeah, you know the, the... Yeah, I should do some Kung Fu. I've been, my new thing is I'm stretching. Like, I'm all about stretching, and I'm all about going to the pull-up bars. Yoga. There's a, yeah, yoga. Oh, love it. But I do my own yoga. Like, I don't think it's, there's anything. It's just advanced stretching. You know, mm -hmm. it's just very special stretching. But my new thing is uh, the these Tibetan stretching. It's all from Tibet called the... It's supposed to keep your body completely young, and it's the five Tibetan rites. And the five Tibetan, you do these five simple exercises, and it only takes like 10 minutes, but they're like stretches. They're kind of like uh, ninja push-ups, like judo push-ups. Yeah. Judo push-ups, a back bridge, and then they make you spin around 20 times just so you're like, so you have your balance. Like it's all, it's really so simple. But that's what I've been doing every morning. That's my been my exercise, my new exercise. As I used to say, whatever works for you, it's right, man. You gotta do yeah, it. Yeah. If it works for you, it's fine. But uh, my I would, but uh, right now with COVID, to be you can't be you can't be rolling around on the mat with anybody. No. Actually, here in Brazil, in Rio, it's uh, they already reopened. I think New York as well, right? They reopen. can no man, but the word on the street is it's firing up down south. Like Florida is like skyrocketing, and then yeah, even in the Midwest. But that's like this morning. Like I put like this morning. So it's like I still think there's some work to be done. <laughs> you know, I still think there's uh, we need to social distance and wear your mask. Yeah, that's uh, here. As I as I told you, as I live like one block from the beach, sometimes I go run on the uh, you know jogging on the beach. You gotta not on the beach, but on the sidewalk. So you you gotta just a few people around using the mask and man, you gotta we have to survive of that. Survive of that. I know it's uh yeah. I hope the best for everybody. Uh, and it's it. Yeah, it's tricky. I think there's there's a little bit of ways to go still. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rob. But I think it's exciting that, you know, I'm talking to a dude from Brazil for the podcast. So Yeah. For me, too. Goodbye. It's exciting talking to a guy from New York. So, yeah, man. A, a real comedian that that really works with Mitch Hedberg. That's, that's awesome. And I was yeah. watching some videos of yours. Uh, you, you have a, you have a, I mean, you're, you have a daughter, right? Or, yeah. Yeah. No. I, got a kid. I, I saw a video like six years old. How old she is? She's nine now. Nine. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I like that joke. 
I have a daughter too. She's she's seven months old. Oh, she's seven just, months. You yeah. got a little baby. Yeah, oh, little congratulations, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, so, it's a uh, it's a great ride. Yeah. During all this pandemic stuff, you know, and my 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 days never were boring. I always, I always have something to do with her. Oh, she's crying. Take care of her. That's during this time was where I put all my energy on. So I can. Yeah. Leave yeah, on. that's what I'll say is like once I have a, uh, a kid and a wife, uh, like comedy, comedy is great, but if you, it'll break your heart, you know, it'll break your heart if you put all your things into it. So what I always say is like your family, your wife and kid, like that's your shit. Like yeah. that's your job. And comedy, that's your side chick. Okay, and that's, sure. that's, that's your mistress, all right? That's how you get away from the family and so you don't drive them crazy. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, my, wife so, says that, my wife says that you, need to, you have to really go back to, to do some, some shows because she, she doesn't want me anymore at, at home. She's, oh yeah, my wife and kid are sick of me. They're completely sick of me. Yeah. I'm all over the map. I'm bouncing all over the thing. And then last night, Somebody asked me to do a Zoom show, but it wasn't a Zoom, it was just like five comedians, but they were in LA and I didn't know them, but I hadn't done a spot. It just had that feeling. I had that, I had that feeling. Like I had that feeling that I had to come on and be funny right out the bat. And so like everybody's going to bed and I'm just like, whoa, what's up? And I'm, and I'm getting laughs and I'm killing. But I'm making the whole the whole apartment building's like, what the hell is that madman <laughs> yelling yeah. in his apartment for? The so my wife here. comes in and starts like closing the windows and like soundproofing the place because I'm still like talking to these people in LA and yelling and dancing and doing all kinds of shit to get laughs. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, that was the first time I felt it come out. Yeah. But sure. but before then, it's because it's been really cold. And I have been doing comedy for 20 years, like nonstop. Like, like even before I met my wife, it was just all in all the time. That it, uh, it just gave me a nice, you know, I'm almost, I'm 47. So it just gave me a nice four months to get my shit together, you know, stretch, you know, just get, just get everything aligned. Yeah, I understand you. I'm, I'm 43, so uh, the same here, like, sheesh. It just keeps on coming, man. You gotta just live it, man. And uh, as comedy, you do get better, and you live more life. The only thing is, you know, you know, Hollywood or just like entertainment is like young, you know, young, sexy, all that shit. But funny is funny, and funny moves. Yeah. You know, if it's funny, it you know, Rodney Dangerfield's the funniest dude. You know, one of the funniest guys, and he was old as hell before he broke. You know, that's the thing about stand-up that's cool, is that. You can rock. You can be an old dude and still rock. Yeah. You know, but in rock and roll, like, you know, you see some of these dudes. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Like, it's not, it's like, you're still like, oh, man, you're a little too old to be doing that. That's, that's, one, that, uh, that's one thing that comedy is good, right? You get Comedy's old, good. You, you, get, yeah. you get old, you get better, and you're never going to stop working. If you, you just got to watch out for being bitter. Yeah. That's the trick because comedy will make you bitter. And for and then nobody wants to hang out with the bitter dude. And for, for, for clowns, uh, the best clowns you ever know, they are old. You see old yeah. clowns, the guy, the guy is, really, is really old. So that, that's awesome. Comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's a good thing. Just, just, I, I, I tell the young dudes, I'm like, man, start stretching, start eating right. Because dudes in their forties and fifties, hey, they hey, go down. They go down. If you don't take care of yourself, you're gonna you're gonna die. Rob, don't say that because we become. You remember when we were young and have that old dude? Hey, do that, do that, and you were. Hey, come on, go, <laughs> go away, old guy, right? Oh uh, yeah, that's true. I become the old guy now. Hey, I know. I, you you don't want to preach to anybody, but at the same time, I do. I'll tell you this because I'm just a positive guy, and I want to. Yeah, no. I want to. I want to inspire you. I don't want to inspire whoever's listening out there, but this is a cool fact. That's a real fact, a real statistic. Okay. This is the real. Okay. They took a, there's the number of millionaires, the number of millionaires 
ever. Do you know when they become millionaires? Between 45 and 55. It's missing two years for me. Come on. That, you're, you're making, you making, you make all your mistakes in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. So if you're healthy in your 40s and you're not crazy or on crack yet, um, the money's coming. That's how I, that, that's, how, I mean, just because you, just because I know what I've, I've done mistakes in the past and I've changed them that I know I can, I can move, make the moves I need to make the well, moves. That's why we say, like, in this age we are, ah, if I was 20, but you want to be younger, but with the same mentality of, of today, right? With the yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. But same that's mind. impossible because you will be a, a superhero. Can you imagine, like, 20, you, you're 20 years old with all the, all the things that you already know now? You're going to be a superhero, <laughs> man. You guys going to be... Unstoppable. Yeah, unstoppable. Yeah. Hey, Rob, I have to, I have to go here, man. I have like same, 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 right, man. Thank you so much for, for all this, for for connecting, all the Zoom connecting. Yeah, that's yeah, connecting life, connecting international. Congrats on the baby. Congrats on the stand up. Thank you for reaching out to me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, and you were fascinating. Uh, tell me when Brazil legalizes herb, and I'm down there. Man, <laughs> and, right uh, now it's not it's not legalized. But man, on the street here, people smoke on the street. On people the beach, still, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, they say it's not legalized, but I, I I don't I don't know what's missing to be legalized. And things about that, like legalizing the the marijuana here, I heard that since I was like ten years old. So, yeah, everybody has. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing that I think is going to be a, for a, this subject that's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah, I just think our daughters' generations and the next generation, especially after COVID, and you know, that's where the money is here in the U.S. Like these companies are just getting huge and huge. Like they said, like when you would go to the steakhouse like 20 years ago, it'd be all old white dudes. Like just like crusty old like millionaire, you know. But now it's all like these ganja millionaires that all these hippies are eating at the all the expensive restaurants now. You know, it's it's great. The money's shifting a little bit, so I don't know. But anyway, I thank you for being on the cannabis coffee hour, Pierre. Uh, thank you for having me. And thank where you can people find you? Do you have a website? Is there something people can find out? I can plug to people. Yes, is uh, I got a, this Instagram Pierre Rosa. I okay. just I, I just found I awesome. found you I just found here. Uh, Pierre Rosa, uh, Pierre Rosa in anywhere like uh, PierreRosa.com on Facebook. Uh, yeah. If people want to see some of my comedy, I have uh, on Facebook or YouTube Pierre Rosa. I got a, there a lot of uh, I do some physical comedy like short videos short videos just for with uh, visual comedy just to is one of the things i like to do awesome i'll check it out okay. for sure for sure okay. Rob, all right thank you so much really appreciate thank it. you appreciate that. yeah all right peace okay. see you see ya